We're joined now by Larry, Mary Lou MacDonald, President of Sinn Féin. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. We might start with that situation in Gaza. One of the biggest rounds of applause you got last night at Jaradesh was when you mentioned the fact that you felt that the Israeli ambassador should be expelled. It marks something of, of a turning point in your position, but I'm just wondering, cutting diplomatic ties with Israel, what does that do for the Irish citizens who were trapped inside Gaza and for Emily Hand, the daughter of Tom Hand, who's being held hostage by Hamas? Well, I think you, you've just heard from your, your previous um, contributor from uh, Doctors Without Borders just how dire the situation is. I mean, there is no safe place now in Gaza. The bombardment, and by the way, as you know, we've seen um, hostilities against Gaza before. This is not a first, but we have never, we've never seen anything just as ferocious as this. Um, and nobody is safe. And I, I, I cannot imagine for families for whom a loved one has been taken hostage, or in some cases more than one member of their family. That is a horrific trauma. And of course, everybody wants to see those people, Emily and the others, return to safety. But the truth is, so long as this ferocious uh, bombardment and aggression continues, nobody is safe, including those that are held hostage. So in my view, the very, very best, in fact, the only way that we can guarantee anybody's safe, safety, including the hostages, is for ceasefires. And that has been, Fran, the international call for exactly that reason. And they come about talking to each other and you are effectively suggesting you turn off the diplomatic tack. Well, um, the Dáil was one of the first uh, parliaments in the world to call for a ceasefire. As you know, the UN uh, General Assembly made that call also. And the Netanyahu government uh, has turned its face against that they have refused ceasefire. They have refused peace. And if anything, uh, Israeli belligerence, and by that I mean the belligerence of the Netanyahu government, is actually growing. So in that context, you ask yourself, what do we do? And clearly, uh, when a, a, a government turns its 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 face away from, from the collective will of the global community for ceasefires, the Irish state has to take some action. Mm. And, and of course, and by the way, the issue of the ambassador is not an end in itself. I mean, uh, you know, sending an ambassador home is not an end in itself. All of this has to be with a precise focus on achieve, achieving ceasefire. I'm just wondering about the change in the Sinn Féin position on this, because your party had the opportunity to support motions to expel Dana Ehrlich when it came before councils in Derry Straban, in Mid Ulster, and in Belfast City Council. And you didn't support those motions. But now That's you're right. saying it should we happen. Well, Why the change? Fran, Fran, because this situation, unfortunately, we're what, 37 days in? This is a growing, deepening and evolving crisis. And we haven't, I fear, said the, the, the last words on this conflict. Uh, what struck conflict. the balance in change for you to ask for her to be kicked well, out? Well, uh, bear in mind that the, the Israeli government deepened its position, its belligerence, its uh, face against ceasefire. And the Irish government also moved because at, at that point, the Taoiseach came out correct, Sure, but I, I'm, and I'm, said, I'm speaking to you about Sinn Féin's position. Yes, and, and, and that I, has changed. It has changed since people before Profit in the North wrote you Fran, and has changed since you Fran, sat down with grassroots Fran, members of your can, party. Can I say to you, can I say to you, our position on Palestine couldn't be more clear and it's generations old. 
in reflect in respect of respect for international law, the Palestinian right to self determination, an aim to occupation and apartheid, given that, that's why and many people are surprised well, then with the change well, then in the expulsion. Me, but I have answered your question. If you if you care to hear my answer, as this situation deepens and evolves, you are going to hear more and more. In my view, you are going to hear more and more about sanctions against the Israeli state as this deepens, and the Taoiseach moved his position correctly, by the way, to acknowledge not just collective punishment, but to say, in the view of the Irish government, this is no longer, these are no longer acts of self-defence, that it was vengeance. He's moved his position again, correctly, may I say, to say that these Israeli breaches of international law cannot be without consequence. Now, I don't consider that flip-flopping or changing of position on the part of the Irish government. It's a deepening position. And I also place a premium for what it's worth, where it is at all possible for us to have a unified Irish position on these matters. Why? Because that's what's helpful to the situation and helpful to the Palestinians okay. in particular. I want to speak to you about health. You said in your address in Athlone last night that Sinn Féin would cut the cost of health care. How are you going to do that and how much less are you going to spend than the current government? Well, it's not how much less we're going to spend. It's a case of how much more the state will spend. Just bear in mind, well, you I said... You said you'd cut the cost and that's what I want to explore. I know, but I'm, I'm talking about prescription charges and I'm, I'm talking to the, the cost to people... Uh, who are accessing the service. The big dilemma for the health service isn't uh, that the government is spending too much. It is, in fact, that they're spending too little. They very astonishingly and deliberately left a hole in the health budget of 1.3 billion euro. And at a time where we all acknowledge the population has grown, the demographic pressures have grown, we know that we need more staff, more frontline staff, more beds. We need all of that. And astonishingly, they have deliberately left the health budget short. But beyond £22.5 which they're spending, what would you spend? Well, we proposed in our pre-budget submission an additional €1.5 billion of a spend. And bear in mind, we're very realistic about this. This is about maintaining existing levels of service. It's about keeping up with the demographic uh, pressures. But in the longer term, uh, Fran, we need a really ambitious workforce uh, planning. We need more of everything. We need more GPs, more doctors, more nurses, more of the allied health professions. And the Irish state and government after government have not been good at that workforce planning. We're now, as we're speaking in real time, in a situation where the embargo on staff now has deepened. Job offers that have been made to essential staff uh, by the HSE have, in fact, been withdrawn. I mean, this is an astonishing state of We'll be talking to the Minister for Health about that later in the programme. Just when you mentioned demographics, uh, you spoke last night as well about the right to retire at pension age of 65. We know the population is getting older, so therefore it's going to get more expensive to pay pensions at that point. What is it that will increase in taxation terms to pay for that? Well, on the issue of, of pension, just remember this, that you have one section of the workforce um, that are forced out on pension prematurely who actually want to stay on. So I, I'm not advocating a position that at 65, everybody has to retire. As a matter of fact, I think you need to have a choice. And there are large sections of the population who are fit, healthy and well and who will wish to work beyond that. And I think they should be allowed, just to make that point. That said, 
For other sections of the workforce, people in more physical labour, more manual labour, I'm thinking about carers, I'm thinking about people who work in manufacturing, heavy industry, construction. Uh, Come the age of 65, like you've done your shift and I think you have to have the option to retire. The question was there will be more of them, so how are you going to pay them their pension? So... So uh, in, in the, the wider economic landscape um, and the, the revenues currently coming into the, to, to the coffers are very, very strong. Some of that, of course, is described as recurrent windfall from corporation tax. But the Irish economy more generally, the tax receipts uh, are strong. We have to keep growing our uh, productive capacity. The more people we have at work, in better paid jobs, in more secure jobs. All of this becomes a virtuous reinforcing cycle. That sounds like it'll be grand politics because you don't know that corporate tax isn't going to dramatically fall. And we know the population, the ageing population, is to increase. Right. Um, But let me me put it to you this way, Fran. In our pre-budget submission, it was very carefully crafted by Pierce and by the Sinn Féin team to ensure that those windfall taxes, the, the corporate taxes that you refer to, all of that earmarked for capital investment, for long, longer term uh, planning and investment. And then the, the current uh, spending was not reliant on those, th- those, uh, those windfall taxes. So at the end of the day, whoever is in government, you have to make choices, you have to make decisions. And in our view, in my view, uh, as a mark of a an affluent and a civilised society, workers at the age of 65 who wish to retire on their pension must have the freedom to do so. I want to talk to you about press freedom. This issue that came up during the week about uh, Sinn Féin TD Chris Andrews taking legal action against the Irish Times and personally against one of its political correspondents, Harry McGee. The NUJ said yesterday it was a sinister development. The press ombudsman, Susan McKay, has said it. it's undermining the press and democracy. Why is the first response to lawyer up as opposed to use the press council or commission them on to, to make a complaint? Why go straight to a lawyer? Well, look, I'm not, I'm not going to answer a, a question on a, a specific and, and open case that, that I'm not in, involved in. But let me say this. Firstly, to acknowledge a free press, the work that you and your colleagues do is essential in any democratic system. It's an essential pillar. I appreciate that, recognise that. And whatever the commentary is uh, emanating from whatever journalist, good, bad or indifferent, you have a perfect democratic right to assert that and scrutinise and hold people like me to account. Uh, But I would also say this. People like me, uh, who happen to be in public life, also have a right to our character of and to our good name. And where where the difficulty arises is where those two rights come into to conflict. Yeah, but you're suing RTE. Uh, Chris Andrews is, has initiated legal action against the Irish Times and one of its journalists individually. What I'm saying is there are mechanisms to deal with it before you go to a lawyer. But, but uh, Fran, in these cases, let me speak generally. Generally speaking, approaches will always have been made to the publisher or to the broadcaster in, in advance of any legal proceedings. And, and I have to say also, the requirement that all of us operate within the law should not be sinister, should not be intimidating 
to anybody. Have you ever made that's a complaint the to the press council when that's you've been the, unhappy, for example? That's the rule. Have, well, have you? Well, no, I haven't. Okay, but, but however, and I'm not getting into there's a live case in respect no, I'm, of I'm the, the organisation that, that I'm was, talking well, about. It seems to me the you are. That, the fact that, no, that members of your party appear to go directly to lawyers and not to use the press council or not to use Commission Amon to make a simple complaint which doesn't preclude you from taking legal action as well. But, but Fran, without getting into the specifics of the case that you've asked me about, I have never seen a situation ever where somebody simply goes directly to lawyer up or directly to head for the courts. That's not how this works. Let me tell you, nobody in, in my view and in my experience takes a case like that lightly. Do you quite frankly, the hassle of it alone um, is, is quite considerable. But that said... I, I think there has to be a fairness and a balance in this. Of course. I'm just wondering, is On the one is it hand, fair? the press free, freedoms and also a person's right. And I, I'll tell you very directly, I don't mind criticism, commentary. Acres has been written, Acres more will be in the course of my political career. But I won't have my character attacked. Of course. Is it appropriate that Harry McGee is being sued personally? Look, I, I, I think the objective of this should never be and can never be to... to Personalise it to That's an individual. That's my and look. I'm not going to comment. I'm not part of that but case. It's a, me- it's a member of your party. Fran- has taken this action. Were you or the party consulted or informed about this? No, we weren't. Would you sue a journalist individually, personally? Well, I haven't. Um, Would and, you though? But is it appropriate, Fran? What's appropriate is for individual people to make their own judgment calls on these things. You're in a leader's leadership position, Mary Lou MacDonald, and what we have here is a journalist being sued personally. And I'm asking you, is that appropriate? And I have said to you, Fran, that I don't believe that these matters should be around an individual at all, at all. So should Chris Andrews withdraw his action against Harry McGee? Chris uh, should do what Chris believes is the correct thing to do. That's that's how all of this uh, works. And I feel very sure... Uh, that Chris, and he he may confirm this, made an approach to the Irish Times, I'm sure. Uh, I'm not what ha- I'm not sure what happened uh, thereafter. But these matters, at the end of the day, are about balancing those two things. Press freedoms, absolutely, 100%. But also the right of people to, to their good name. And if they believe that their good name and their character has been attacked, you do have the right. I have that right. You have that of right too to pursue that action. I want to ask you about potentially forming a government. You did an interview with Sky News during the week and you said, I know that to form a government, the numbers have to add up. Now, we yeah. know you're well rehearsed on this. Sinn Féin, you think, should be in power. You should lead the government. Are you coming round to a reality now that you may have to do business with another party, potentially Fianna Fáil? Well, the reality that all of us need to come to terms with is that the people will decide who is elected where and in what quantity. So uh, I come at this uh, in a position of obviously ambition, uh, a real sense the changes in the air and change around Sinn Féin, but it's actually a dynamic that's bigger than us uh, and wishing to see a new government. Um, But I also come at it from a position of humility. I, the only certainty is or that we're going to have to work very, very well. I'm, perhaps? I'm a very practical person. So does that mean you're that not going to find anyone more? But is it about doing I, business? Listen, I, I've, I've said consistently, best outcome 
a new government without Fianna Fáil or Fine Gael because I think Second that gives you option. that gives you the best option to actually drive change. But beyond that, I'm going to talk to everybody after the ne- after the next election. I've said that consistently, and that will remain my what do you position. Think that might say to your voters who've heard you know for years saying very bad things, frankly, about your political opponents. That's what happens in politics. To hear you say now that potentially a coalition like that is being considered. No, I, I think what uh, people will hear is me respond and behave in a way that's very, very different from the establishment parties after the last election who couldn't pass a microphone without reiterating how much they would not talk to Sinn Féin. That to me is problematic. The people say the people are always right. They're never wrong. And when they speak and the numbers, uh, all the votes are counted, I'll speak to everyone. Does that mean you can form a coalition? No, in all in all uh, likelihood. But the priority for us is we need to sort out house housing. We need to sort out health. These are big, big issues that are bearing down on people. And I want us to constructively, energetically get to it and sort those problems out. Mary Lou MacDonald, thank you. Thank you. We're back after this.